Hello, real life family and friends. If you're joining us today, thank you for tuning in. And uh, we're doing a series right now called Real Life as we kind of go through our journey together and what our journey looks like and what's, uh, what the process is for all of us to come into that place in our relationship with God where we're, we're really experiencing this real life that Jesus came to give us. You know, an abundant life. He said that in John 10, 10, that I came that you might have life and have it to the full. Have it abundant. Abundant. And uh, that's our heart here at Real Life. It's my heart for you. And uh, that's my desire to see all of us just thrive in life, flourish in life. And uh, so we've been talking about real life and what that looks like. And we've started with the first major step for all of us is to know God, not just know him intellectually uh, or know about him or to hear about him, but to experience God. And that's, that's what starts our whole uh, rebirthing process, right? We are born again when we place our faith in Jesus Christ. And then we begin to experience God and hear God and grow in that love of God. And uh, once we know God, then we need freedom. We, 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 we love the fact that Jesus came to set us free. Set us free from the sin, from the hurts, from the pain of, of this tough life, this, this difficult world, this fallen world. And all the sin and all the pain and all the, you know, the, the evil and the darkness and brokenness and bondage that we've all been, you know, slapped with and, and, uh, and damaged with. And Jesus came to set us free. And freedom really is be, having the ability to be who God made us to be. To be free from the labels, free from the chains of bondage, free from our insecurities and fears, and filled with God's love, filled with God's purpose, filled with God's presence, filled with God's power, and we're free to be who God made us to be, being restored to the image of God. And, that, and that's a beautiful thing. And, and we've been uh, experiencing more and more freedom in our lives, and we want to get better at helping one another find that freedom. And then the last week and today, we've been talking about discover purpose. Once we are in relationship with God, and once we begin to be healed and made whole, from the, from the past uh, pains and sorrows and hurts and labels and insecurities that we've had, now we can discover our purpose. Our eyes are, are getting more clear about what God has for us and why we're here. We're not just trying to survive or make it through, but God has a purpose for our lives. And so today I want to pick up where we left off last week and talking about uh, purpose. And last week the title really was, It's Not About You. And I know it sounds like a rough title, but the idea was and is that our purpose is not just about living a self-centered life. It's not about self-pleasure, uh, self-promotion, uh, self-fulfillment, um, all these self-accomplishments, trophies, you know, money, experiences, um, me, 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 I, I, I. That's not our purpose. Although we see that all around us in our world, that seems to be uh, you know, the activity of hu humanity is to seek first the kingdom of me, <laughs> you know, and but yet that's not our purpose. And I said last week that that is a small, it's way too small of a purpose for your life. God has something way bigger of significance for you. And it's just the opposite of focusing on self. God calls us to focus on the outside on making a difference, on loving people as he has loved us. God comes into us 
fulfills every need that we have in our soul. He, he revives us, renews us, sets us free, and fills us with what Jesus said is a river of living water, a well that wells up or springs up to eternal life. And there is this overflowing of love and purpose and joy and God in us that must come out to impact those around us. And that's the love of God. So that's what we're talking about. I'm going to pick up where we left off last week and talking about that. And today's message is all about impacting eternity. And so I was talking about Mark chapter 8 last week. And I want to, I want to just uh, pose this question from verse 36. Jesus is asking this question. And it's a rhetorical question. And he says this. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? What good is it for man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? And through this question, Jesus was actually making a point. And his point was, he's teaching that all the riches, all the achievements and pleasures of this world are no comparison to the value of a human soul. Because all those things, the riches, the fame, the accomplishments, uh, whatever that is, is all temporary but the soul, the soul of a human person, the soul or spirit is eternal. And Jesus is saying that all this temporary stuff, all piled together, give it or take it all, the whole world. Does that even compare to the value of your soul? And of course, the answer is, the rhetorical answer is no, nothing, nothing. You, a, a man can give nothing in exchange for his soul. There is nothing on earth that is of equal value than a person's soul. And this is all about eternity. The idea that there is more to life than this life, right? That there is an eternal destiny for you and for me. And that puts the value on the human soul high, much higher than any value that we can find in a temporary lifestyle here on planet earth. And so how can anything temporary compare to an, any importance compared to eternity. It doesn't, there's no comparison at all. And yet we constantly find ourselves craving temporary value, temporary things at the expense of the eternal. And yet Jesus is trying to correct our vision, give us a clear purpose and lift our eyes up from this world and the things that matter here to the things that matter in eternity. And so that's the perspective today as we talk about purpose. All of the temporary can be leveraged to impact eternity. That's the incredible journey that we're on. We can take a temporary life, temporary possessions, temporary time, temporary gifts and talents and energy and money and resources and opportunities, and we can leverage them in such a way that we can impact eternity. Isn't that awesome? So I want to just kind of compare two different kingdoms the kingdom of me and the kingdom of God. All right. In the kingdom of me, then that that's self-rule, right? That's where I'm in charge. And I might have this kind of attitude of, I got this, right? But in the kingdom of God, the spirit is in charge, right? We are yielding to the spirit. Instead of self-rule, we see spirit rule and God is in charge. In the kingdom of me, I see myself as the owner, I might think things like, I own this, I built this, I deserved this, this is mine. And that's how, that's how a kingdom of me mindset sounds right there. 
right? Me, mine, I, I did it, I accomplished it, I built it. But in the kingdom of God, we are stewards, which means we're not owners, we are resource carriers, right? For God, everything belongs to God, even our day, even our life, even our voice, even our abilities, our money, our, our, our relationships, our opportunity, everything belongs to God. And God has entrusted us with resources for a purpose, you know, to advance his kingdom on the earth. And so that's a different mindset, the kingdom of God mindset. The kingdom of me is, is, um, is in a temporary realm, right? This is temporary and this is all there is. And so when we're talking about uh, the kingdom of self, we're looking around saying, this is all there is. But the kingdom of God says, no, this isn't all there is. There is eternity yet uh, for me to experience and to know, right? There's an eternal focus in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of me, there's an inward focus. This is all about me. The kingdom of God, there's an outward focus. This is all about others, right? Loving other people, not just me. The kingdom of me, the Bible says, Jesus says that's a wide path. There's a lot of people on that path. It's an easy road. It's a wide road because everyone else is doing this, right? But the kingdom of God, Jesus says, it's a narrower path. It's not as populated because you're not serving yourself. You're serving the purposes of God. The kingdom of me, I would say, success looks like money, power, and pleasure. But the kingdom of God, success looks like saved souls and lives transformed, right? And a life given away is success in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of me, as I mentioned last week, it's shrinking. When I focus on myself, everything is internal. Everything's focusing in. And my life significance, if I'm living a self-centered life, becomes smaller and smaller and smaller. I'm just looking out, out for myself. But in the kingdom of God, there is a multiplication. There's an expansion because I'm not serving myself. I'm serving God's purposes on the earth and I'm influencing people and I'm reaching people. My life is being laid down, but it's multiplying like seeds planted in the ground. And we, we plant our life like a seed and to many people. And then it produces much more fruit than what the original seed was. That's a life lived well right there. And so is a person's soul worth losing in order to gain the whole world. That's what Jesus is saying. And he, he's, he's saying that for you to realize the answer is no, of course not. Right? He's trying to bring this to a head. Is it worth living your life for yourself to gain all the power, all the money, all the pleasures, everything you want and lose your soul, lose eternity? Of course not. But yet that's how we see so many people are caught in that trap. Really, it's the devil's scheme to get us sidetracked into thinking that this is all there is. But God has a different plan. Jesus asks another question. It's, it's very similar. And he says this in verse 37. Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? What can you give in exchange for your soul? What is of equal value that you could give to redeem your soul? The answer is nothing. There's no temporary uh, amount of possessions or power uh, or leverage that could be used that could equal the importance of your soul. There is nothing. That's why Jesus said of himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is only one way 
for your, our soul, our spirit to be saved and born again. And it's through faith in Jesus Christ. And so Jesus is trying to bring that to a head for each and every person listening. And I pray that you see what he's saying. He goes on to say this in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 21. He says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And what Jesus is saying is we have two different types of lifestyles being lived right now, right? There's a lifestyle of piling up uh, self-centered possessions, treasures, uh, putting our energy and our effort into a temporary existence called earth. And all of that effort is eventually going to come to nothing, right? Our possessions don't go with us into eternity. Um, our trophies don't go with us. So what does go with us? Because Jesus is saying there's a different way you can live. If you put the kingdom of God at the center, if you're going to build the kingdom of God instead of the kingdom of me, you're actually able to store up for yourself treasures in heaven. There's things you will do here on earth that will actually pay forward into eternity. There's a way for us to live a life now with these temporary opportunities and time and energy and possession and abilities that will impact eternity. This is amazing. So Jesus says, choose the kingdom of God. Don't choose the kingdom of me. All of this stuff will waste away. All this stuff will come to nothing. But there's a way to live in such a way that you will impact eternity. That's super exciting. And so Jesus says, I am the way in John 14, 6. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So what does that mean, through me? What, what do you think Jesus is saying when he says, through me? And I believe when we look at Jesus' other words, that it isn't just saying a prayer. A religious mindset might say, well, you say this prayer, check the box, right? Or do A, B, and C, check, check, check. Don't do D, E, or F, check, check, check. Okay, how am I doing? I'm doing good. I'm going to make it to God. I'm going to make it to heaven. You know, that's a religious mindset, right? But Jesus was all about relationship. And so he used words like this. Through me, abide in me, follow me, come to me, right? And so what Jesus is saying is the way that we get to heaven, the way we get right with God is in a relationship, a trusting ongoing, day-by-day day relationship in Him. That's called faith. It's not something that we, we just do. It's a way that we live. It's a relationship connection that we have as we trust in Jesus, as we're seeking first His kingdom, as we are under His leadership and headship. We are following Jesus. We are trusting in Jesus, and it changes our entire perspective of life. And it impacts our daily decisions and our values thoroughly, thoroughly. It's not religion, right? Uh, it changes our mindset from the kingdom of me and self-preservation and self-pleasure to Jesus is my Savior and Lord, and I'm trusting in him. I'm following him. I'm living life with eternity in mind, right? And that's what Jesus' invitation is to all of us. That life is here with him. Life is not over here with us in control. 
And so as we keep that in mind, I just want to challenge you with some of Jesus's words in Matthew chapter 25. And this could have been one of the last messages he shared with his disciples, because this is at the end of the book of Matthew. I'm not sure if this is perfectly chronologically in order of what happened, but it is right before Jesus is betrayed in the book of Matthew. And then he, of course, is sacrificed on our behalf. He gives his life for us. So this could have been one of the latter messages he gave. And I believe it probably was because he's talking about the end times. He's talking about when this, all this stuff comes to a conclusion and he actually comes, comes back again. And so he's giving us three back-to-back-to-back parables or stories to teach us what our real purpose in, is in life. And so I wanted to go through that with you because how many of you think it's important to know what Jesus thinks is our purpose, right? If I'm going to place my faith in Jesus and I want to follow him, then this is what he says to do. This is what he's teaching us to do is how to live our life. How do we live this life in such a way that we are building the kingdom of God and discovering our God-given purpose instead of getting caught up in the culture of me and the kingdom of me like so many around us are, right? So look at this in chapter 25. The first of these three parables is called the parable of the 10 virgins. So I'm going to summarize it. There's some virgins that were waiting for the bridegroom to come. And of course, that picture is Jesus and we're uh, we're the, the, the people waiting for Jesus. And five people had oil and they had extra supplies and five came and they didn't have any extra oil. And by the time Jesus came, uh, they ran out of oil. And so the main message of the story, and I know I'm like super abbreviating this. You can read it for yourself uh, in the first uh, 13 verses of Matthew chapter 25. But the main point of the story is in verse 13. And Jesus says, therefore... Keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. And he's referring to the day or the hour that he's going to return. And humanity as we know it is going to be different. It's going to be over. Like Jesus is coming again. And when he comes again, he's rapturing the church to be with him forever, right? Our eternity begins on that day for all believers in Jesus. And so he says, so what do we do in the meantime? He says, watch, be attentive. Pay attention. Be looking for my return. That's the message that Jesus is teaching in the first parable. I kind of summarized it in your notes uh, like this. To say we live our lives with our focus on eternity, on Jesus. That's the message that Jesus is saying here. We have the ever-present truth of eternity motivating us in our daily lives, right? We don't just um, him and Han kind of play around in this, in this planet Earth and just try to live our lives the best we can. Jesus is saying, I want you to be attentive to eternity, that I am coming back, that there is going to be an end to this. And so we need to live our lives with eternity at the forefront of, of everything that we do and why we're living and why we're doing what we're doing. It's because eternity is in the balance for souls, okay? So this is just the first parable. The second parable is called the parable of the talents. And uh, there's a person that gives and trusts kind of a businessman. He gives uh, some money to uh, three different of his servants, you know, and then talks about talents in terms of money. Gives this guy, let's say, $5,000. Uh, another guy, 
$3,000. Another guy, $1,000. And he says, I'm going to go on a trip. I'm going to get back. You know, I'm going to give, we're going to give account for what you've done with what I've given you, right? So he comes back. And again, this represents Jesus. He is the one who has blessed you with gifts. He's blessed you with resources. He's blessed me with opportunities. Um, he's got a purpose for my life. He's got a calling for my life. And so he has given me this life. I'm a steward of these resources that God has put into my hands, right? So that's what the story is about. And he comes back, and the guy that was given $5,000 as an example, he doubled it. He's like, Master, I know uh, you entrusted this with me. I've been working hard with what you gave me, and it multiplied in my hands. And now here's your $5,000 you gave me. Here's another $5,000 that I made for you, right? So I multiplied what you gave me. I worked hard. Same thing for the guy with 3,000. But the guy with 1,000 came to him and said, well, you know, I was afraid. I knew that you were, um, uh, that you were a, a strict businessman and I just didn't want to mess anything up. You know, what I did is I basically dug a hole uh, and I buried it. And here you go. Here's what you gave me. And uh, in the parable, the manager is furious at that servant. He's like, you didn't earn any interest. You didn't even put it in a bank. You didn't do anything. He called him lazy and wicked. That's what he said to the, to the servant, because he didn't multiply or do anything of eternal significance with what God had given him. Do you see what, what the point Jesus is making? He has a purpose for your life. And he, as the steward, as the owner of all things, is entrusting you as a steward with what he's given you. And God has a purpose for us to take the resources he's given us and do something with it to multiply his kingdom, which is always about the third and final parable I'm going to share with you. And it's people. It's impacting people's lives. It's living a kingdom life. A kingdom life is not a self-centered life. It's an other-centered life, right? It's God in us flowing out of us to impact the world. That's why we're here. That's what the church is all about. And so here's what the deal is. First parable about the, uh, the virgins and, and the lamp and the oil is about being ready and keeping eternity in mind. But we don't just sit around passively waiting for Jesus to come back. The second parable, Jesus tells us, now you have resources, you have abilities. I have given you some, some opportunities. Now I want you, while you're waiting, to keep in mind eternity is at stake, to use what I've given you for eternal purposes, to store up treasures in heaven, to win souls, to change lives, to love people, right? There is a purpose to our life. So this is what Jesus is trying to teach in these parables. The third parable, uh, and it starts in verse 31, is a really famous one called the sheep and goats. And I want to read this one for you just because I haven't spent time reading the other ones. Let's take time to read this one. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory and all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? 
When do we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, I tell you the truth. And here's the key of what Jesus is wanting to teach in this parable. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Whatever you did to love people, you did for me. And of course, the parable goes on and the wicked are given the same speech except the opposite outcome because they didn't feed the hungry. They didn't clothe the poor. They didn't visit the prisoner. They didn't love and care for their neighbor. They were living in the kingdom of me. They weren't giving their life away. They weren't investing their talents and their energy and their resources into making a difference in people's lives. And so they were cast out. They did not inherit the kingdom of God. You see, anyone born of the kingdom of God, right, when we place our faith in Jesus, gets God's heart. And the effect of that is now there becomes a totally different worldview. Instead of me, 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 it becomes outward focus. It's just what happens. So I'm not asking you to be a really good religious person and do a lot of things. I'm saying just be filled with God's love and do what God has shown you to do. But if you are filled with God's love, you're going to love other people. But it's so important for us to know this, right? Here's the three things summarized together when we look at these different parables. First of all, be ready, which means live your life with eternity in mind at all times. Because what we do in this life now can impact eternity. Number two, don't just sit around waiting for Jesus to come back. There is a purpose. There are lives ready to be changed through the talents and giftings and breath that God has given you and me. We each have the same calling. I know I'm a pastor, but it doesn't, doesn't matter what my job is. We all have a calling. We all have resources. We all have stuff that God has put into our life to be used to impact eternity. And how is that done? The last parable tells us it's done through loving people. It's done through touching people. And every time we do what God puts on our heart to do for people, he says, you're doing it for me. Wow. <laughs> so talk about purpose. We have a purpose. And our purpose is not just to have fun or not just to get to the end with the most toys. Our purpose is so much bigger than that. Our purpose changes eternity. We are here to win souls, to change lives, to see people's lives transformed, to see people come to freedom and wholeness. And that's the church. That's who we are. And it's so exciting to be a part of this journey together. Now, next week on May 23rd, we're going to have a special vision offering. I've been talking about this for a few weeks now, but it's coming up already. And I just want to spend a couple minutes at the uh, conclusion of this message to say why we're doing this. And I hope it makes perfect sense now, even in the context of this message, that as a church, real life, our vision is to impact and touch as many lives as we possibly can. And we need, to, we need to have a good building. We need to have resources. We need to have, you know, ministries and, and all that to do that. And so part of our reason for wanting to do a new parking lot is because we need a new parking lot, right? And uh, we need to refresh our building. We need to maintain our property and things like that so that we could continue to reach people, to have credibility, to have excellence, because our message is the most important message on planet Earth. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I'm asking for all of us to pray about what would God have you do and then bring your best gift 
next week. And by bringing it, I mean, you may not come here physically. Some of us are still not physically coming to the church building for services. This is our church service for now, right? Because of the situations that we're in. And that's fine. But when I say to bring it, you can bring your gift. You can give your gift online. We have lots of different ways on our website, through our app, or you can mail something in. But when you do that, look for Real Life Vision Campaign. And or you can mail in your gift and write in the word real life vision, right? And we're going to tally up next week at the end of our physical service together uh, the amount that all, all of us have brought together and celebrate that next step moving forward as we just refresh our facilities, uh, upgrade our facilities so that we can love more people more effectively. My desire is for us to live our lives in such a way that we impact eternity, that my resources, my money, my time, my energy, I want to leverage everything that I can throughout my lifetime to lay that down in the hands of God, that God can multiply it like he did the bread and the fish. And I'm encouraging you to live your life that way as well. When we get to heaven, we are going to be so pleased with every moment here on earth that we sacrificed, that we gave, that we contributed, that we invested into the kingdom of God because all of that is going to be there when we get there. I don't know how that works, but I do know that God has made it clear that how we live our life on earth, what we do, what we say, what we invest in, what we give, even if it's a cup of cold water, right? For a thirsty person, Jesus says, that is a reward for you in heaven. And I, for one, want to have a big reward in heaven instead of build a big giant bank account here on earth and, and never see it again. You know, I'm not against money. I'm not against having things. I'm not against having fun. I mean, I love to have fun. I think God gives us everything for our enjoyment. But the, the focal point of our life needs to be eternity. And so I urge you to pray about what, what God have you do so we can do this together and reach more people. Make a place for someone else to be here to experience God. All that we do here at Real Life is to save souls, to reach more people, to build more people up. And so there's three things I want you to do. I want you to pray first and foremost. Pray to God. Ask him, what is your role in this? Because when God speaks to us, that's all that matters, right? We will do whatever God tells us to do because we know when God speaks to us that he's going to provide everything that we need to do what he's called us to do. So this is a prayerful moment for all of us at Real Life to pray and say, God, what would you have me do? Because he's the one that's in charge. It's not my stuff, it's his stuff. So Lord, what do you, what do you want to do with what you put in my hands? But secondly, I want to ask everybody, when you do give, whatever that is that you're, you're calling to give, that God's calling you to give, uh, then give faithfully. And what I mean by faithfully is, I mean, give with the promises of God strong in your heart. Because God's word is powerful. I have a list of scriptures I want you to think about and pray about and meditate on so that it unlocks the floodgates of heaven over your life. If God is stretching you in your gift, this is the opportunity for you to, to do it with faith, to unlock the resources of heaven and to walk in a whole new level of blessing that maybe you've never experienced before. I know several times throughout my life, there have been big moments uh, where God called me to give 
an amount that I had never given before. And I had to do it with faith. I had to trust God saying, okay, God, I think that's what you're calling me to do. I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it because I'm building my life on your word. And I know that Proverbs 29, 22.9, for instance, says, a generous man will himself be blessed, right? For he shares his food with the poor. Or maybe 2 Corinthians 9, 10 and 11. God, I thank you that you who supply seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase my store of seed and enlarge the harvest of my righteousness, you will, that I will be enriched in every way so that I can be generous on every occasion. I thank you, God. And so I would read these verses. I would meditate on these verses. And as I would follow God and give what he put on my heart to give, my mind might not understand it, but my spirit would. And then God would continue to just grow me and prosper me and cause, cause me to be blessed. And I want to see you blessed too. And I want to see your life just Flourish in the ways of God. So give faithfully, give with God's promises, strong on your heart, strong in your mind, strong on your lips, so that you are unlocking the resources of heaven for the blessing to pour into your life. I believe with all my heart, we are blessed to be a blessing. And as we are giving and flowing in what God's calling us to do, he will continue to bless us and empower us with everything that we need for the vision he has for our lives. And thirdly, I want to encourage you not only to pray and to give faithfully, but also I want you to give cheerfully, right? This is a celebration that we get to do something with our life that makes a difference in eternity. And you may say, what, what's a park, how does a parking lot make a difference in eternity? It's not the parking lot. It's, the, it's creating the space and the ministry for people to come, to want to come, to have a place that is attractable, that they will come, that our reputation and, and the excellence that we have, uh, you know, opens the door of possibilities for people to say, oh, that looks like a nice place to go. I think I'll check it out. And then once they come, they experience God. They experience his love. They experience your love. They experience the word of God that opens up their eyes and their life is changed. So yeah, it is impacting eternity. And that's what Jesus has called us to do is to take our earthly means and invest them into the kingdom, put them in the hands of God so God can multiply it and impact eternity. One of the scriptures that I wanted to share with you that I think is fascinating is in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 10 to 12 says, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. In other words, all of this stuff that we see is going to be gone. All of it. It's going to be vaporized. The earth is going to be burned up and, and gone completely. Everything. Everything's going to be gone at one day, right? Because we're going to have a new heaven and a new earth. And verse 11 says, since everything will be destroyed this way, right? Peter is saying, since everything's going to be gone, what kind of people ought you to be? If everything that we're doing here, even our beautiful lawns and houses and boats and cars and bank accounts and all that stuff is going to be gone, what kind of people ought you to be? What's going to be left when all this is gone? Eternity. So what are you going to do with your life? How are you going to live? And he goes on to say this, you ought to live holy and godly lives. Listen, as you look forward, to the day of God and speed its coming. Whoa, did he just say what I thought he said? Speed its coming, that we can actually do something, live a certain way on earth to speed the coming of Jesus? Yes, exactly. Jesus put it this way. 
He said, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Matthew 24, verse 14. So Jesus is saying, there is a purpose for your life. You are my disciple. I have given you a life. I have entrusted resources into your hands. And now I want you to keep your eyes on eternity. And in the midst of that time that you have here, you have a great purpose. And that purpose is to take the gospel to people, to love people with the gospel, with the good news. Introduce them to me. Be my witnesses. I have given you the authority. I have given you everything that you need to do this. Now go. And so, yes, we're not all preachers. We're not all evangelists. We're not all missionaries. But we are. We are all called to live this lifestyle of witnessing that Jesus is alive and investing in the kingdom of God to bring more people to him. And so this is a call on all of our lives. We get to win souls for God and speed up the coming of Jesus. So I can't wait for the church to get super excited about reaching more people because when the church finally does its job, Jesus is going to come home. We need to remember these things, keep our eyes up, get our eyes off of the temporary, off of this earth, off of all the things that are fading and, and rusting and get our eyes on eternity, live with purpose and love people into the kingdom. And so next, uh, next Sunday, be a part of this journey. Give cheerfully and be excited about that. God is using you to impact somebody else's life right through your gift and eternity is being expanded and impacted. Hallelujah. Well, before I go, I just want to invite you, wherever you are in God right now, to get right with him. You know, you may have never made Jesus the Lord of your life. And what I'm talking about today, when I mentioned that verse, John 14, 6, that Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one gets to the Father except through me. If you've never come to Jesus, I invite you right now to come to him, to just lay bare your, your soul, your hurts, your pains, your disappointments, because he is your redeemer. He's your Lord and he died for you to know him and so that you can have real life, abundant life in him, that you could experience freedom and you could find your purpose in him. And then you can make a difference as well because he will do new and amazing things in your life. And so if that's you, I want to lead you in this prayer. And if you just feel distant from God or you feel like you've faded in your relationship with God and just want to recommit to him today, why don't you join me in this prayer as well, okay? Let's pray together. Say this out loud with me, would you? Jesus, thank you that you love me. And today I receive your love and I receive your forgiveness and I receive your healing in my life. And I thank you that you never gave up on me. And today I need you and I declare my faith in you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin. And now restore me to who you made me to be. Let me experience your love and your freedom. Let me discover my purpose and let my life make a difference for you. In your name I pray and trust. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. I'm so excited if you prayed that prayer and begin to 
just grow in your relationship with Jesus and stay tuned and come to church where you can come. We miss everybody. Hope to see you soon. But I want to pray a blessing on all of us before we go, as I always do, because this blessing is from the Lord and it just has powerful, powerful truths uh, for and, and resignation uh, throughout the week of, of the spiritual impact of this, of this blessing upon our lives. So now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you, give you his peace in his name. Amen. Love you guys. God bless you. Have a great day and a great week in him.